What's in the box? David Mills, played by Bradley Pitt from the movie Seven. He's kind of crazy. She's a little insane. Keeping Kenny G really messes with his brain. One is the forest. The other's husband is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a Silver Linings Playcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Silver Linings Playcast. As far as I know, this is the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. I'm very excited. I am coming to you straight from new studio setup at the old studio setup. I am recording already. Yes, it's fine. It's fine. You know how I. You know how I do. I didn't even hear what you said in the background because this is now so focused because of this new setup. It, uh, I, I can use a setting where I can talk directly to it and it's focused. Well, I don't know. I, uh, honestly, the audience will be the final arbiter about whether you were audible or not. But uh, hey, I, that's I love a shameless it. plug. They're not getting any. I love how, I love the start of this. I love it already. It's perfect. It's and it's good because it's a very special. Uh, seven, no, it's not, it's a very special, uh, very special hundredth episode. This is, no, wait, it's a very, wait, I'm so confused. Yes, this is our hundredth episode. This is the seventh of our special hundred parter hundredth episode. Also, I believe next week is the two year anniversary. I know, I know I've been playing that, uh, it's my birth month game with the podcast, but I did. I did some digging. Actually, I don't know how you count that. Okay, so here's a question to my listener. Uh, the two-year anniversary. So apparently the first episode of the Silver Linings Playcast ever was on July 1st, 2020. So this is the 106th week we've been doing this, I believe. Maybe the 105th week we've been doing that. Uh 104 seems like that would be two years, but I think we established that there's a leap year, one of those one of those years. So yes, there would be 105, which would make either 105 or 106 weeks of doing this the two-year anniversary, right? Yeah, but if we were going on the date next week, actually two days from now, not tomorrow, but tomorrow-morrow will be the two-year anniversary of our first broadcast. I am connected to the desktop now. I'm connected to every electronic. We're, we're in a new studio set up, and I'm very excited. We have the, the boom arm out. Uh, the Yeti is suspended. This should be the best-sounding podcast uh, that we've had in a while. I've got a windscreen screen up, so you can't hear... Uh, well, if I do it that deliberately way close into it, you can hear that I'm basically spitting into the mic. But yeah, all the all the undeliberate little wind pops. Actually, it wasn't that big of a problem because the Yeti is set up for uh, basically any amateur podcaster. So the settings aren't super, it's not like a super sensitive mic. It's supposed to be like the, the best podcast in a box that people have. So any, we're getting back to the original issue. When would I celebrate the two-year anniversary of this podcast? 
This is the last week. Today, tonight, today, uh, when we're recording this, is on January, June, June, June 29th. Right? So in two days, the 30th and then July 1st, July 1st being the first day that we broadcast two years ago. But I don't have a podcast that falls exactly on that day, right? The next podcast we have will be July 6th, assuming that we record it on next Wednesday and, and put it out next Thursday, right? So that would actually be longer than two years. How do, how do people do... Anniversaries are stupid. The whole concept, right? We've been, we've been celebrating for the last six episodes. This is our seventh the seventh part of our special hundred parter hundredth episode. I like, I like that. So here's what we're going to do. I think I'm, I'm estimating, I know the math is not exactly correct on this, but I think approximately it takes about seven years for the days to cycle. So that the date is on the same day of the calendar week as it was. So we really just need to be recording, um, very special hundredth, not uh, every seven years. So our so the new anniversaries will be in seven years. I'm now I'm I'm hitting the problem. Am I going off of? Is it seven years from the very first podcast ever? Do we have five more years till our first special seventh year anniversary episode, where we give ourselves a big hand and say we did it? We are one iteration through, or do we say that we made the determination tonight, ladies and gentlemen, and say that the seventh, seven years from now will be our biggest anniversary issue? So many, so many legitimate issues that I am raising that nobody addresses. They just put out special episodes all the time. Well, you know what? They didn't even think about it. Break down your favorite, favorite shows, podcasts, things that, that uh, went on for seasons. They probably never put this much thought into it. And, and here's a good conspiracy theory for you. If you break down uh, a lot of those special anniversary episodes, they probably weren't actually markers of anything significant. It was probably approximately a year. It was neither on the same day, date, time. There was no consistent increment of time betwixt them. That's not a word. Uh, bet- betwixt. betwixt, I said, yeah, I said betwixt. It's hey, not, it's, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so, so I think we'll have, we'll have two anniversaries. We'll celebrate five years from now and seven years from now. We'll have the first anniversary, seven year anniversary of the podcast. And then we will have the seven anniversary from the day that we decided the five year anniversary from the first episode. And by then, we will be uh, two, three years past our 100th episode spectacular. Y'all tracking? Good. Neither am I. Also, we're seven minutes into this podcast. Y'all like the quote from the beginning of of the, the podcast? Hold on a second. I'm not recording on the right channel, but it's okay. It's amazing how much help just putting the pop filter back up and uh, I don't, I don't know. I, let me tell you, I've got, I got to hang out with uh, some really, 
awesome musician. Well, one, I get to hang out all the time with the most amazing musician. Um, but we had a really fun weekend because I got to uh, hang out not only with um, the uh, one of the actors from the uh, uh, proof of concept that we shot last week, but also he is going to be doing the scoring of it. And he ran me through a lot of the equipment and stuff that he will be using to do that. And just explained a little bit of his thought process to it. And I am so excited to see what that contribution ends up being because I, I definitely had wanted to throw him the work because I was confident in hearing him uh, make his own music, but he, tr I think he really understands uh, a lot about what needs to go into scoring something else. We got to hear some, some music he'd written for video games uh, and other, other people's films and stuff. So, but anyway, uh, yeah. So a lot of a lot of musical things got sound sound things got explained to me, um, and I'm not. Sh oh yeah, talking about seven, seven the movie. There is okay. We're a podcast that is here to talk about Silver Linings Playbook, and I've got another exciting bit of info for you all. The Silver. It, no, it's not the Silver Linings Playcast. Silver Linings Playcast is now officially documented on IMDb, the Internet uh, Movie Database. I have been doing some playing around on there because I was putting all the stuff for the TV show that I'm trying to get started, and I realized that they now accept podcasting as something that they let uh, be documented. And so I put all the information for this podcast up, and they said they would probably take 24 hours to review the information, and it showed up on the internet within minutes, which either means that we are a very valid, valid thing now for real, or their, their people don't really monitor the quality of the information that goes through there that much. I will split the difference on that. We are very real, but also they probably don't do a great job at what they're doing because I've changed a lot of stuff over the last 48 hours on it. You can really put anything. I, I submitted my credits to some other people's uh, movies that I was a part of, and I'm just changing my name. They, they did not let me change my name to, to the character named The Gate City Saint, but we all know that that's what I am uncredited by on every project that I work on, where if you don't give me a name, I'm going to credit myself as the Gate City Saint. Even though maybe I, I need to come up with a new moniker because I am no longer the Saint from the Gate City. Um, I don't know. And also, also wrestling isn't as important as it was to me at the time of my life when I started putting that on all my things. It's still very important, just not as important. All right, so we were counting down a number of things over the last hundred episodes. We were counting down the top ten movies that are most like Silver Linings Playbook and that you're most likely to enjoy. If you, uh, We were also uh, trying to solve the Black Dahlia murders. I said murders. There was just one. It was one victim. A lot of suspects. Way too many suspects. So originally the plan had been we were we were watching the top 10 movies from the Screen Rant article that you were most likely to enjoy if you like the movie Silver Linings Playbook. 
and we watched Uncut Gems over the last three episodes, I think, maybe plus or minus. And so the next movie we were supposed to watch was Birdman with Michael Keaton. I am not set up to watch Birdman right now. Also, though, because I really want to, to actually see that and watch that because I heard it was very, very good. I think it was nominated for an Academy Award uh, for screenplay and stuff. I don't want my first viewing to be while I'm comparing it to Silver Linings Playbook in the same way that I did not want my first viewing of Silver Linings Playbook to be while I was watching Birdman. Uh, partially because that movie didn't come out for like eight more years after uh, Silver Linings Playbook had come out. So that would be kind of weird sitting and watching a movie that you really wanted to watch with a movie that wasn't coming out for nine more years. That would be kind of mind-blowing. Funnily enough, about time, though, I was reminded because on this date two years ago, or maybe one year ago, I... I made one of the best memes I think I've ever made, and only one person liked it on Facebook. So I shared it again. If you were listening to this, go and like it. Unless you don't like it. I don't, I don't ever want anybody to pretend to like my stuff just because they feel like they need to. It's not a condition of my friends. In fact, I think I, think I highly value friends who are honest about the things I do more so than people who would pander to my own ego. If you do not like something I do, that's perfectly fine. Uh, we actually just had a conversation a little while ago about like how all art uh, is art, right? And I think there's, there's different ways to look at it. Sometimes there is art that we know is good, uh, but we don't necessarily like it. It's not our taste. And that is the case with a lot of things uh, like that. The example I was using was uh, Dimitri Martin. I highly respect him as a comedian. I... I have seen clips of his... I, ha I have watched some of his specials. He is not the kind of person that I want to watch two hours of. Um, but I, I do know there's definitely people who would enjoy uh, two, hours, two hours of him straight. It's, it's a very specific type of humor. And it is not the, the, the kind that I find most entertaining uh, to sit and focus on for two hours. It actually, to me, his humor is the perfect... Uh, bit sized. I think like I think he was made for uh, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, the social media generations. Do a bit in a video for people like me. But for those people that like to sit and watch the the whole thing, uh, more power to you. That's awesome. I think there's there's definitely enough people in the world that there is markets for all sorts of all sorts of people to have wonderful careers and do things that doing different things. Like, like, we have uh, uh, a question or comment that's coming in from a, a comedian. Um, that's not about true. a comedian. About about <laughs> a comedian. And here, yeah, when Katie wants to to ask me something, I was wondering if that's how you felt about Bo Burnham and his special the first time you watched it, because you had mentioned that it had grown on you. And you couldn't necessarily sit through it at the time. So I was wondering if Dimitri Martin was similar in that regard. I'll tell you, uh, Bo Burnham, so we watched uh, Bo Burnham's special Inside recently. And I, at the moment, right after reviewing, I was asked what I thought about it. And um, I, I said, I thought it was great. I thought it was like uh, perfect in production. But... Um, 
I gave it a three out of five for enjoyability. And that might have been, so, so here's the thing I wanna, I wanna now amend my review. One, uh, some of the stuff stuck in my head long after the viewing, it's still there. And I'm not talking about, there, were, there was two things that I recognized from it because they had sort of become uh, TikTok-y sound bites, but that was actually not what really got me fully on board. And yes, in the past, Bo Burnham was similar, similar to me, uh, to the Dimitri Martin effect on me. Um, but also, that's how he got his start. When he first started, he was doing short YouTube videos and that was the kind of his content. So I think just for me, and, and when I say I'm a stand-up purist, only in the sense of like what I enjoy is an hour of a comic uh, talking and sort of having a story, like some of my favorite comedians, George Carlin, uh, Bill Hicks being the one I always, you know, say is, is my number one uh, comedian that I'm, I'm a fan of, but also, um, like, oh, I'm seeing his face, I met him, and I drove him to his hotel, and I ran into him in, in an airport, uh, uh, Christopher Titus. Christopher Titus is one of my favorites, and, and these guys tell long stories, right? Um, Bo Burnham has, has these segments, but I think actually the, sort of the interesting thing about Inside was that that actually might have had the most cohesive narrative of any of his specials. And maybe that's what I found sort of jarring the first time I saw it, was I was, I was not used to having this, this narrative arc in his specials as strongly as it did. And that narrative was actually this amazing and beautiful movie documentary that was really bigger than the comedy of his segments. And the thing that really, really sort of sparked what was so wonderful about it was that a few weeks ago, he released uh, a YouTube video that had a lot of the bloopers, the outtakes, the, the uh, alternate scene sketches that didn't make the final cut. And he does this really neat thing where he uh, split-screened all the takes he was doing of some of the different songs he was doing. And he, he would start them all at the same time, and they would all play simultaneously. And then as he messed up in one of the takes, he would sort of, uh, he would make that screen turn off so you could actually see. And when I saw that he, he had uh, dozens of these takes, and he was getting these things absolutely perfect, and the amount of time... Not only that, he made them into sort of compelling watching in and of itself. He took all the things that he didn't, uh, um, you know, have play through as cleanly as he wanted the first time, and he made his mistakes into a beautiful collage of effort. Um, and like I've said too, it's so, it's so weird having this conversation because I feel like I'm almost defending and arguing for his genius when I, I want to acknowledge from the very beginning, I've always thought I think he's, he's an absolutely brilliant creator. But when I, when I saw that, there was just something about it. It was like, you know what? I, I have even more love for what I originally watched. 
And so I definitely think that, uh, and, and I think that's just because of what I value. I'm, I'm a story arc guy. Um, some people, like, I, I really don't care how your special effects are as long as your story is good. I have watched uh, one, one of the amazing movies that Katie introduced me to. I, two. There's, there's two movies. One I'm going to say is super beautiful. One I'm going to say is a little more low budget, but still beautiful. Okay, we've talked about the movie The Fall on here, and we've talked about the movie Ink. Now, these are like opposite ends of the production spectrum. The Fall was, uh, I, I don't actually know the budget off the top of my head, but it has to be amazingly high. It was shot in, we talked about it on whatever episode we did, it was like 60 or 100 different loca locations they took shots from. Uh, three million. Three, three million? 30 million. 30 million. The Fall. The Fall was a $30 million movie. And this is also from a little while ago, too. So that's like... Um, and ink was 250,000. Look at the discrepancy in that, all right? 30 million, 250,000. So you you see the difference in the in the like CGI levels the but but they are both like perfect movies in in my like they're like I would give them both a pluses because the story to them is so good. And so that's the way I see things. So that's why I think that I needed to sort of like, when I understood the narrative, right? The narrative of Bo Burnham's inside, that's when all of a sudden it hit me like, I get it now. Um, and sometimes it takes a while for me to understand these stories. Another thing I'm gonna bring up, which, we, which, which was also just brought up several times today too. It was the meme I was talking about, and I never even got to explaining it, right? Tenet. Tenet, I watched the first time, and I gave it a three out of five. I didn't, I didn't love it the first time. I actually was making fun of it. I'm like, this is, this is Christopher Nolan's most moderate movie. It was actually probably one of the lowest. I read an article uh, about some of the choices he made about it, and some of people's complaints. One of my favorite things. The sound mixing is kind of controversial. There's a lot of people that complained to the theaters about not being able to hear all the dialogue. And when I read that that was a deliberate choice by Christopher Nolan, uh, that was amazing to me. Also, the structure of the story is kind of interesting where I, I'll be honest, I didn't get it the first time I saw it. I was used to movies like Inception, which is one of his, uh, Interstellar, The Matrix, things like that. He actually does something extremely inventive and it is a whole different kind of, of time travel story. Because uh, it's not, it's, here's the thing, right? It's not about traveling through time. It is literally about time uh, traveling through people. And when, when I watched it the second time, sort of knowing what to expect, it was even more beautiful than it was. The, well, of course, it wouldn't be hard to be more beautiful because I only gave it three out of five stars the first time. Uh, so like, that's pretty easy. All you got to do is like have one thing that you notice that is nicer for it to get a higher score than it was. If you're going to give it the exact medium score the previous time. Another thing that I like to do sometimes though, I put it in the context of the rest of his filmography. I feel like it is a film that if you did not watch 
all of Christopher Nolan's other films, it might not have the same impact too. That's not to say there's any con there. There's no like uh, story continuity uh, amongst all his films. It's just really interesting if you see if you see him playing around with the concept of of time in Interstellar, and then you see him playing around with the concept of space in uh, like physical space in Inception. In the film uh, The Prestige, you see him playing around with the concept of of self and identity, um, and like what it so. You put all these things together, and you see he was sort of building, building them into Tenet, which also has some amazing symbolism in it. Which, which when I uh, researched, it it was a beautiful film. It it like if you watch it to be an action film, it's very confusing. And and I am a person that doesn't like to often say that oh this film was so confusing because I can usually appreciate something for what it was. But when I understood it for what it was. It's not just better, it is beautiful. Now, what do any of these things have to do with Silver Linings Playbook? Uh, everything we've talked about so far is a movie, and Silver Linings Playbook is a movie. How great would a Christopher Nolan version of Silver Linings Playbook be? I want to do something that I really should have done last, last week. Um, I need to talk about what happened last week, last Monday. I didn't even really get into it. I put this at the tail end of, of uh, a podcast, either last week or the week before. I don't remember. I know last week we had a special guest on here. But I have had a lot of things come to fruition Last week, on the 20th, June 20th, 2022, I got a group together and we filmed a proof of concept for the TV show that my friends Nick Cassano, Conrad Brombarek, and myself have been working on since November of 20. 19. This was such a huge step. I can't wait to see some of the footage. Uh, I hired Astros Studios um, from Sunset, Louisiana to be the production company. Um, brought in a lot of actors and crew and we, we rented out a, a local bar here that had just reopened. It had been a, a local institution for years. Um, decades decades in fact and um, the, the uh, previous owner had passed away and it it was closed down for a number of years it just got rebought it just got reopened it's been open for about a month now and we were able to rent the whole space for a very low rate uh, the loose caboose here in Lafayette Louisiana and I have to say the experience was amazing I was so nervous um, there was a lot of, a lot of moving parts, a lot of things that could have gone wrong, but I can't give enough thanks to all the people that were involved, involved in the, on the production side. 
all the actors showed up um, for even the, the tiny roles. And they were all tiny roles because we were just trying to shoot. It, I was estimating it to be a seven minute, a seven minute proof of, con uh, proof of concept. It was a, a 10 page strip, nine, nine pages and a cover page. And, and I thought the dialogue was going to be pretty fast moving. So I was only expecting about seven minutes of footage. The first day they were estimating that we got probably 15 minutes of usable footage. And I have to say that is a testament to the director, the director of photography, uh, the sound mixer, um, the, the uh, set, the uh, production manager, producer, everybody. Um, I will I will credit all these people individually in the show notes. They're also credited on IMDb right now for the uh, the Jester's TV show page. Um, so now I'm very excited. We are entering the next phase, the post production. Um, they are going to do some editing and get me a rough cut. Hopefully in a week or two, and then I will try to start shopping it. Now I'm I'm planning. Originally I had a plan that I was going to try to take it to some networks, but the, the director had the confidence that I could probably, um, I could probably try to sell it, uh, straight out, but I really, it's very important to me. I, I hope that I can produce this whole thing. And when I say myself, uh, it's not that like, I want to produce it. I just, it's such a good group of people. I'm hoping that it can be produced locally. So I'm not as excited about the idea of just selling this project off. It would totally be okay if there was, you know, if the offer comes in, we'll, we'll sort of cross that bridge when we get there. But, but, but my belief now is that my plan is to go and try to get somebody to represent it. I have uh, several um, agencies that I've looked into that sort of either take unsolicited uh, queries or stuff and will represent writers and their projects. And I'm very hopeful because most, most writers come in with just an idea and a script and they, you know, they hand it off to a manager and they say, Hey, can you sell this for me? And the manager will take that to a network and say, here's the money for it. We're going to option it or buy the rights to it and make it. And you, you're, you'll get a nice paycheck, but you'll never really get to put your hands on this project again. My belief is that we are, we have created such a strong proof of concept that it should hopefully be able to show uh, a manager and eventually a network that we already have actors that I believe are as good as any Hollywood cast. Uh, and some of them are, some of them are people that have plenty of credits to their name already. They're just looking for some huge opportunity to sort of become the name and not just be supporting characters. And I want to give that to each of them. Uh, we have a young and hungry production company here that is ready to do all the work to make this look just as good as anything you have uh, seen before on TV. They have the facilities, they have the financial backing themselves, and we could help them do that too and the writers. So, so that's, that's the game plan for that'll probably happen in the next couple months. Um, that being said, if anybody has a connection to 
HBO and can set up a meeting, uh, I would love you in advance. You can definitely send send the reference my way. <laughs> but I say that half jokingly because I'm not placing all my eggs in that basket. Like, I don't need it. I am in such a good position with this stuff right now. We don't need anybody to do this. We'd like them. If, if somebody wants to be on our team and, and help us out, like, this is a huge collaborative fun thing. But guess what? We got everything we need to do it ourselves in this wonderful, wonderful uh, part of the country. And I'm saying that because I'm having to include some of the uh, close states for us. Also, if you look at, um, Katie got me really into uh, Dropout TV, which was a, it was a, I'm not 100% clear on how it came about, but, uh, but so, so College Humor was a huge YouTube channel um, this started in the early days of YouTube before YouTube was a highly uh, monetized um, sort of channel within itself. YouTube started and, and it was just this sort of open place where anybody could upload anything and it just existed. And then somewhere along the existence of, of uh, YouTube, the co college humor sort of became a more focused uh, website and channel. And then a lot of those, those same people that were responsible for that uh, became involved with with a dedicated streaming service that became Dropout TV, which was eventually part of a larger um, company that owned several uh, different channels. It's my understanding uh, that two years ago, and this was right before the pandemic, or sort of during that same time, that uh, they... Um, that they broke off, uh, Dropout got, had to go independent because they lost their backing from the, the larger company. But, what was, but what's really amazing about it is, and if you look at it, there's a lot of records of this on Reddit because the CEO and owner of Dropout TV even was talking about this with just random people that were fans on, on Reddit uh, when he let people ask him all the things that they wanted to. And he was saying that even though he couldn't, like the actors were no longer salaried members of Dropout TV, that they had enjoyed their time working there so much that they were freelancing or volunteering their service to it as much as they could to make content to sort of keep it going because they believed in the programming of it so much. And now they've sort of started a business model where they're hoping to work their way, their way back uh, as a player platform but I, and I think that that's sort of a thing that's been really inspiring to me to see, to see that somebody can make a media company and a channel and, and treat the people so right in the right way that they actually get the loyalty of those people, that people want to participate. It's not just about, uh, you know, this is the most financially lucrative option. There's also that un, unwritten aspect of are these people people that I want to work with I'll tell you every single person that I worked with on the 20th is somebody that I would be thrilled to work with in the future except for two of y'all I won't name y'all by name
so that you never know. That just puts a little doubt in the mind of anybody, right? Because uh, then, and that actually, I'm just kidding. That sort of invalidates the whole, you can't tell people, it's like saying, I love you all, except one of y'all. I've poisoned one of y'all's glasses. Uh, that raises suspicion in there. This, this has taken an oddly weird dark turn. I think it's because I've, I'm feeling uncomfortable with, like, I can't, it's been a week and a half, two weeks straight, where I've been doing nothing but telling you everybody how wonderful everybody was to work it. with. <laughs> you deserve it! We all, we, there's much good stuff that is deserved. And hopefully we'll have the, uh, the, um, protagonist on soon i would love to. brian valencia who was a wonderful actor who came out here was. i gotta have him. what happened uh he oh he i just i ran out of <laughs> acting stuff for him to do for a little while um he's gonna be the next Spider-Man. I, I hope so he is gonna be uh that's the spider plan that's <laughs> your spidey senses oh man but I, I sure have talked to, oh, interestingly enough, one of the production companies that I was looking at, um, or management companies, the Hollywood management companies that I was hoping to query to is actually called uh, Silver Linings Entertainment. Even though that is the lowest one on the list, I just thought it would be funny to have, have uh, them on. Um, also, lowest uh, one on the list. it is. That's, well, I know, I probably shouldn't put the, I, you know, I can't, I can't have a podcast without saying one thing that could probably undo my I dreams the every time. Yes, call the lawyer. I plead the fifth. Um, I'm not even sure if that's applicable in this case. Uh, I don't, I plead all the numbers. I wish people would plead other numbers too. You know, plead the fifth is this thing where people have always, I, and I realize, I know what it is. The fifth being um, the right to not incriminate yourself. But I think we should just start pleading all the laws. It just makes it more passionate, right? It's like, I pl well, I don't, I don't even actually know the other laws, so that's fine. Um, we have, this, this might be the longest I've ever gone in a podcast without talking about Silver Linings Playbook to the level that I would like satisfactorily but you know what a lot of stuff has been going on that wasn't you know what i'm gonna be honest it wasn't all silver linings playbook related and i think that's actually the best way to honor silver linings playbook um is to because because here's the thing right okay so think about this the story of silver linings playbook is about uh pat trying to get back with his ex-wife and he's trying to make that happen. That's his focus. That's and he and he's missing a great opportunity that comes right in that that presents itself. It's there, right? Twenty minutes into the movie, fifteen minutes into the movie, he is introduced to a character that ultimately, spoiler alert, he is going to fall in love with, um, and they're going to have a relationship. But he is so focused on what he thinks he needs, it's his old goal. And I think it's a very valuable lesson to realize when we cling to what we think we need that hard, sometimes we miss what we actually need, which is already available for us, right in front of our faces, right? 
Excelsior. And I definitely signed off a lot of my emails to the cast with Excelsior, and I know most of them did not know what I was talking about because I never explained uh, my um, background on that. It's kind of fun when we went out to dinner uh, the night after the filming. No, it was the, well, it was the night of the filming. Um, I was talking to one of the, the super amazing actors that came in. I was so grateful to get him. He is actually part of what helped get me through this. Uh, Katie's cousin had recommended uh, an actor from Atlanta, Dalex Miller. Um, and he has been on A Fear of the Walking Dead. And he has a... a I'm, I feel bad not being able to list off more credits, but that is the one that, that stuck out so much because uh, this is the one I'm super impressed by, too. Um, but also he sent in legitimately amazing audition tape. But he was talking about, when we were talking about podcasting, and he said he, uh, for a short time, had either been on or had a uh, podcast that, I think he, he had one that was solely devoted to talking about the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And that's when it clicked. I told him, I thought that was... That was great. That is what you should make a podcast about. Something that is universally loved uh, uh, and hits on that nostalgia that many people remember and think about very often. In fact, there was a Ninja Turtles video game, I believe, that just has come out very recently. That's how you make a podcast. You pick a theme, a topic, something that that is relevant and gives people a, a reason to listen to. This podcast is based on a movie from 2011 and a book from 2008 that when I bring up, most people's response is, Silver Linings, oh yeah, I remember that. And then the conversation goes one of two ways. If they've seen it, the next thing they usually say is, yeah, it was a pretty good movie. Um, Why'd you choose that to do a podcast about? The other way the conversation goes, if they have not seen the movie, is, oh, yeah, um, I, I heard about that. I, I heard it was really good. How was that? Uh, you know, why, why did you choose to, to do a podcast all about that? And you know what? Um, the reason I usually give them is uh, a quote from the movie Black Hawk Down. They wouldn't understand. Okay, end quote. And they probably, like, oh, I, I, said in, I said okay before I said end quote, but okay is not part of the quote. The quote is just, uh, quote, they wouldn't understand, unquote. Um, it, but it's true. It's true. I think the people that have listened to this podcast and continue to listen to it or have listened to it occasionally at least understand that it is just not our style here to, we're not about pandering. If we were about pandering, we would have come up with a more cohesive topic a uh, hundred episodes ago. But, you know, we've made it two years, and that's uh, 1.99 years longer than a lot of podcasts. Let's, let's go back in time real quick to 2020. Uh, March and April 2020. The world starts to shut down. Quarantines are um, started all across the world and across the United States. What does everybody do? Uh, they, they all started their own 
podcasts. What happens as soon as the world starts opening up again several months later? Oh, now they start going back to living and they don't have enough time for the podcast. Why? Because it wasn't really a topic that either one, it wasn't a topic that they were passionate enough about that they could talk about for, I'm not going to brag or anything, but a hundred episodes and seven episodes of a hundred parter or two, uh, they did, but they were in it for some type of gain, financial gain. They were trying to build their comedy following or stuff. Guess what? I don't want followers on this. I actually get a little bit nervous because one of my friends has been listening kind of regularly of late and often responds to the podcast within the week. Actually, I'm feeling kind of bad because he called me today with an awesome take on the podcast and I forgot. I wonder if I can actually play the message. I know this is probably highly not the greatest thing to do without um, the uh, full... um, Hold on, because this might be awesome. All right, I was trying to connect to to Bluetooth, but uh, I'm just going to play this on speakerphone. This might be inaudible, and if it is, I'll explain what happens afterward, but we are just going to try to play this. It's a pretty awesome message from what is oftentimes our only listener uh, sometimes. But here, let's, let's go. Hi, this is Nicholas Cassano. I'm a listener of the Silver Wings Playcast. I'll be sending an email uh, similarly uh, to this complaint uh, momentarily. Um, however, uh, no, I won't because I don't want you to accidentally read it on air. However, I do want to complain about your uh, most recent guest on the Playcast. Um, I don't know if I can continue to listen to the that episode uh, after what he said about like oh I like all types of, of different uh, films you know it really runs the, the gamut all the way from like you know slapstick comedies that like Dumb and Dumber all the way to other slapstick Jim Carrey movies that I think are just deeper and brilliant and also uh, you know a Jim Carrey movie are you fucking serious dude you're going to go, the gambit for you is Dumb and Dumber to Eternal uh, Sunshine. Um, like, that, that's, that's the gambit here. Like, you're not saying, like, oh, I like everything from, I'm trying to think of, like, the most polar opposite, like, Mulan and a ghost story <laughs> or something. It's just, <laughs> it's, it's. Yeah, it's it's infuriating the idea of like you know what it is? It's Dunning Kruger effect. It's this it's this guy who's like, Oh yeah, I, I'm I'm very cinematic. I have a lot of cinematic ideas and, and knowledge. Like, you know, I saw this one Jim Carrey movie where he was happy and then another Jim Carrey movie where, you know, the depth of it was he said yes all the time and that made his life better for being positive. And then there was this other Jim Carrey movie where he was sad. And I was, and, and holy shit, dude. Like, there are so many other movies out there to consider that that is the gambit. That's the thing that's killing me, is the word gambit in this scenario. I don't know why I'm getting so mad about this, but I think it's because he's like, if, if you want to talk about your 
your fandom of movies and 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 make a stand about how like oh yeah oh I'm a big movie buff I like all sorts of movies movies that star Jim Carrey and movies that star Jim Carrey <laughs> regardless of whatever facial expression he makes I know what that movie's like and I like it. Also, Game of Thrones had a worse ending than Harry Potter. Wow, that was incredible. This might have just become the spiciest episode of the Silver Linings Playcast ever. I did not mean to court controversy. I had actually not listened to that whole message before I played it, and there were some opinions on that. Uh, I don't ever want to call anybody out, and also I'd like to believe that everybody that I have on the podcast is a friend, so please treat them with respect. But uh, I feel like our caller definitely had some words, so if I could... Maybe get that previous guest on at the same time, and I don't even have to have a... Anyway, there was, there was a lot of information in there, right? I do agree. I feel like maybe there was... Also, I, I was getting caught up. Nick said that he got caught up on the word gambit a couple times, and I don't know if he was using gambit to be funny, or if he did not realize in his criticism of somebody else's movie choices that that is not the word he was looking for. I think he was... Uh, and I don't know, because I know he's a, he's a comedically uh, brilliant mind himself, and I think there's nothing more a Silver Linings playcast than to use a word like gambit in the place where he should have been using the word gambit and not ever calling attention to it. In fact, the fact that he calls attention to the fact he's focused on the word gambit kind of only reinforces now my overthinking whether he knew the word was gambit or gamut. Also, I think there is nothing, you know, you want to see. No, the gambit, see, like gambit, gambit, like the card throwing. Absolutely. The, that's all, the I best mean, we, got, we could do that too. Yeah. Well, that, cards, no, sorry. so that's. Um, was he, I mean, was he talking about an X-Men movie? He, well, okay, so maybe that would that would run the gamut of different uh, movies if you were like, um, I like movies like Dumb and Dumber, and I like the movie uh, Gambit. Was wait, was there a Gambit? There wasn't a Gambit movie. There was also, a, those are a Gambit. Cards. Was a oh, <laughs> Maverick though. I, I do love the movie Maverick, uh, which does run the gamut of comedies. I like all sorts of comedies. I like movies that are uh, slapstick, like Dumb and Dumber. I like movies that are parodies, like Maverick. Actually, I'm not sure if Maverick is a parody. Blazing, Blazing Satire. Sa oh, I, I was about. <laughs> <laughs> Blazing Satire. Blazing. That's hey, like that's actually a brilliant. Hey, call like, call like, the yeah. lawyers. Call the lawyers. Call the. You need a patent. I was. Actually, that's, that's one of those beautiful mistakes. I was trying to talk about different genres of comedies, and to say Blazing Satires uh, was an example of one of my favorite uh, saddle comedies, right? Um, well, I have... This is off the... Ra I should have listened to the message first. Also, I feel bad because uh, part of what the beginning of that message was was I'm not going to email you because I don't want the email read on air. Technically, I didn't read the email on air, but I did play the mess anyway. Should I not have said who it was from? I don't know. Now, now, <coughs> seven parts into my special 100-parter, 100th episode, I'm, I'm having all sorts of questions about 
Um, what are the rules of this podcast? Every time I've had a guest on, I've told them there's no rules. Uh, Nick did curse once in his message. Again, I'm not against cursing. It's just way easier for me to be consistently having all these podcasts in which I don't have to have the little explicit disclaimer. However, I think if anybody was under 13 listening to this, not not this specific moment, but this podcast in general, uh, they probably need to know some curse words because this is really heavy, dry, boring, pointless <laughs> stuff for a child. That would actually be the funniest thing to me in the whole world. If my podcast became very popular with kids, can you imagine like little schoolers going to school and being like, that damn last episode of Silver Winings Playcast was so on point. I really like, I liked all of the um, explanation about the, uh, like, the, I'm sorry, I can't really do, do an impression of a little child. I just, I figure, like, they all have, like, the, I don't know, how, how do you do an impression of a little child? I was, I was a precocious little child that talked like an adult when I was little, just a little bit more high-pitched before I entered puberty. I probably talked the exact same. I was just like, hey, it's me, but I'm in third grade. Well, no, that's a little more nasally. I was just, uh, actually, if the most accurate uh, portrayal of, of me probably being a third grader would, I was really into weather. So I probably would have been like, hello, uh, my name is Jamie Ward, and I'm here today with the weather forecast. We are going to have highs in the middle of the week that are going to be in the upper 90s. It's going to be cooling off in the evening as we have a cold front coming in where, um, you know, there are lows in the 70s. So it's going to be a pleasant evening for the rest of the week. A center of high air pressure will be moving across the Gulf, forcing some of those storm clouds up and down to the southeast, because I liked talking about uh, myself as, um, uh, <laughs> or if I was a, I was really a little kid, we're gonna, we're gonna do something kind of crazy when I was a little tiny kid and I walked into the prince, no, I was, I was gonna start a terrible, terrible joke, but I shouldn't. A third grader walks into a teacher's lounge. I don't know where I was going with that. There's a student. <laughs> Did you all know that Gilbert Gottfried used to have a podcast? Yeah. Uh, and he, it, it was interesting because we played a couple minutes of it and he um, sounded, it was, so it's really interesting to he hear Gilbert's natural speaking voice because a lot of his stage persona was him. Like it still sounds like him. It's, it's one of the best examples I have of, I think, somebody where they have turned down their stage persona, but they are still them. He definitely leaned into the, I'm Gilp, but, uh, so now we have a podcast on the cat. I can't wait till we get, get video on this one. What's up, pup? Oh, well, Owsley's making his first guest appearance, and you know what? We can do that because the microphone is now up and... We have had Tiny Cat on the Mac, but... Tiny Cat on the Mac? He kept wanting to jump in your lap, so I had to grab yeah. him. Yeah. 
Vince to come up and buy. It, there's so much new furniture with in the. There's a new setup. I know. He wants to explore it, so I had to stop it. <laughs> it's the most exciting place. Let's wait until oh, scratching on the. Okay, well you know what. We're at that moment where we are. Uh... Oh, yeah. I think I think we're gonna wrap this up because my favorite thing to do is to court a little controversy. Have something controversial. Uh, we played the message. That's a lot to think about. Um, let me know where you stand. What is what is your gambit of films that you all like? If you're interested in, and you want to let me know what your gambit of films is uh, or your gamut, hit me up at silverliningsplaycast at gmail.com. We're also on all the other social media. Uh, you guys, you guys, you got to check out next week. You got to listen next week because next week, guess what? It's a very special episode. It is the... Uh, eighth part of our hundred parter hundredth episode special, but it also might be our two year anniversary next week. Skip back to the beginning of the podcast yeah, uh, if you are just tuning in and you miss my explanation of why next week might actually be the two year anniversary. But if it's not the two year anniversary, it will decisively be after the two year anniversary. That's crazy, right? For two years, we've had a podcast about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and the Silver Linings playbook the book uh and to quote um robert pattinson's character from uh tenant wait actually i don't remember the quote anyway it's the quote um something like you already have that's not the quote anyway uh tune in next week and every week as long as we decide to keep doing this uh to as far as i know the only podcast solely devoted to talking about silver linings playbook the movie and the silver linings playbook the book until next time we will see you down the road and excelsior he's kind of crazy she's a little insane keeping kennedy really messes with his brain what is the forest the other's husband is dead that's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a silver linings play cast.